Ministry of Goalkeeping podcast is sponsored by ProGK. For all your goalkeeping needs, please visit www.pro-gk.com using coupon code MOG for 20% discount. You are listening to Ministry of Goalkeeping podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Johnson. Welcome along to episode one, where I'll be sitting down talking all things goalkeeping with Northampton Town goalkeeper Steve Arnold. Steve Arnold, thank you very much for uh, joining me for the first ever episode of Ministry of Goalkeeping podcast. Very much appreciate you giving up your time, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. It's good to see you. Like I said, it's been a while. Mate. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're looking well, mate. You're looking well. Well, I feel good, mate. I feel good. Um, so this is our second take because obviously I forgot to press record uh, on the first one. So hopefully this is going to go all right. Um, yeah, as I said, first episode of uh, Ministry of Goalkeeping podcast. Just a, a podcast really all about goalkeeping where I, I'm um, going to be sitting down with goalkeepers and, and, and goalkeeping coaches. I've been going through my contacts book just scrambling around to see who's around and who would be sort of interesting uh, to sit down with. You was at the top of it, mate. Obviously, we've known each other probably 13, 14 years now. Yeah, um, the best part. You've had a really interesting career, interesting journey, and I, and I feel that we could, um, and, the, and the listeners will get a lot of um, a lot of knowledge and, and a lot of value from, from our conversation today. So, first question, why goalkeeping? Um, it's it's a strange one. Like I said before, my old man was was a striker, not to any level, but yeah. to a half decent, like non league level. Um, and he just he said when whenever he used to take me in the garden or go and watch him play football, I'd always pick up the ball, and that would be like straight away early on. Yeah. Um, I have no idea why, mate. I have no idea why. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things, and then. As I as I grew to to sort of understand the game, I used to love the goalie kits. I used to love the goalie kits. Like the the, the lads in his team used to wear because um, they're always different. They're always on their own. They're always different. Like especially back then, really loud colours. Um, whether that had any bearing on it, I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, then you start watching it on the telly, and I, I loved people like Shamichael and I'm a Tottenham fan. Even David Seaman, Ian right. Walker. Um, so I'm guessing that that's where it's really come from, but I couldn't tell you why. Right. Um, it's just, I suppose, something upstairs. Do, do, do you think it might be sort of the um, the uniqueness of the position, and that you're sort of like, you know, you're in a, in a team of eleven players, but you 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 stand out from everybody else a little bit because you're in such a sort of a specialised position. I, I guess so, man. I, I, I suppose thinking about it, like I'm quite a like. I like my own space, if that makes sense. Yeah. So being all, like you're in a team of, of eleven or a squad of eighteen, and it is a team sport. But goalkeeping is so unique, and like you say, it's almost you're, you're on your own. And whether that has any bearing with me liking my own space, and I'm, I'm a bit of a weirdo like that, <laughs> like, especially with keepers, because we all go away in the corner anyway. Yeah. So, I was quite comfortable with that, of being in a team, but not being mm. in a team, if that makes sense. So, so almost sort of being in your own team within the team. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it, it, like, it's all on me, <clears throat> like, if that makes sense. Yeah. I can control what I do, although it has an effect on the team. Yeah. It, it, it was sort of a nice feeling that it was all down to me. Well, I guess, I guess that it's such an um, important position 
Um, and and as, as we've touched on a couple of times, like it is such a unique position because ultimately no one else can use their hands on the pitch, you know. So no, no, you know, it's it's it's, it's there's so much responsibility comes even back then in, mm. in the early days of like the Sunday League, and I used to put so much pressure on myself. And I, I remember like if I was in a good team in uh, Hertfordshire, where I'm from. We used to, as you know, like all our book kids, they win all the trophies and whatever in your leagues. I used to cry when I let a goal in, man. Yeah. I hated it. <laughs> so I think that had some bearing on it as well. But, um, yeah, it was it was a it was a strange time back then in terms of like your mentality. I suppose you don't really think about what you're doing, no. but I, I did even back then. Just put so much pressure on myself. Yeah, so I mean, it's interesting you say there about um, us as as goalkeepers and and goalkeeper coaches to a certain extent. I think we're we're all quite a unique breed, um, yeah. and that's why you know the goalkeepers union and everything like that exists um, at, at certain clubs. And you know, it's it's it is it's very interesting to to sort of see why I find it fascinating to see why people. Um, you know, sort of got into goalkeeping and, and what, what their sort of driving force was behind it. Um, yeah, yeah, honestly, there's there's so many different avenues you could do, go down, but <coughs> the, the thing I can only relate it to is, is being that, uh, there's, what, what's the word, solidarity, yeah. like the, you're on your own. Yeah. It, it must be something to do with yeah. that. I'm not saying I'm a loner. I've got across that right with you, though. Hey, yeah, but in fairness, listen. I mean, I've I've worked with a number of goalkeepers over the last sort of decade, and I'm going to say pretty much all of them were very odd in their own way. I, mate, I think we've got to be. To be fair, if, if you're willing to put yourself in front of uh, a lad who's going to spank a ball, I don't know, 40, 50 mile an hour at you, mm. and you're willing to put any part of your body on it, you've got to have some sort of screw loose. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I think that's sort of where it stemmed from for me, early doors. Right, and and you talk about, uh, it's interesting there about the, the kits and that because um, from a personal standpoint, that was always something for me that I, I used to, even now, at, <clears throat> excuse me, at 35 years old, I'm obsessed with sort of early 90s goalkeeper kits. Um, yeah, that, that, that was our era, wasn't it? So, so even, I, I, oh, dare I say it, when I was younger, I, I did support Spurs because my family are from that part of North London. So it was you. We were either Arsenal or Tottenham, even though yeah. we, we lived down here in South End. And I was just obsessed with that sort of Umbro goalkeeper kit that Eric Tortsvet and um, Ian Walker used to wear. So I, I can sort of relate to you there with that with that regard. Um, so just looking at your career, Stevie, you you started um, at Norwich. Yeah. So I take it that was as a YTS. Yeah. Yeah. So before that. Well, I might, I'll start right at the beginning, mate. Like, as yeah. a 15-year-old, I was just playing Sunday League. I had no no ambition of, of being a professional footballer. Didn't even cross my mind, mate. I was, I was ready to go into, to, I don't know, plumbing or some something like that. Right. Um, and then it was, I think it was one Sunday afternoon. My old man just came in the room. I don't know what I was doing. He's like, that was Liam Brady on the phone. I, I had no idea who Liam Brady was. And it's like, it's Liam Brady. I was like, who's that? He's like, it's the Arsenal, like, I think he was head of whatever it was, head of youth back there. And he's like, he's, he wants you to come in on Tuesday for a, for a trial. It's like, well, Arsenal. And then, yeah, from there, mate, it's sort of like, this was like in the January, um, a six-month trial, really. Right. Um, 
and it, it was mental, mate. It was that. Uh, I just didn't understand how it all worked. So, so you, you've essentially gone from like Sunday league, enjoying your football, not really thinking anything of it other than just to sort of be with your mates and, and enjoy a kick around, so to speak. And then you're you, out the blue, you're getting a phone call from Arsenal saying like, will you come in and, and come on trial? Yeah, it was, it was nuts. I say it was, I think, I'm sure it was about a six week trial and I ended up signing to the end of the season. But it was, it was just surreal. Like you say, I was... Happy just playing Sunday League, and and then all of a sudden you're in this environment of one of the best academies that I imagine in the yeah. world. And it was yeah. Like, wow, this is crazy. Maybe, and I start you start to think, yeah, maybe I can make it as a professional. Um, but as it turned out, they didn't sign me at the end of it. I think they had they had too much invested in other goalies. Yeah. But they um, they put me in contact with a number of other clubs. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so. Then I was trialling round for a couple of weeks, um, and that was an eye opener as well. Going to different clubs, different dressing rooms, and yeah. me being the way I was when I was young, quite quite shy, I guess, and timid, and a bit like new to it all. So, so as as a sort of what age would you have been? Sort of 15, 14, 15? 15, 15 sort of like <clears throat> last year of school, I think it was. Right. So, so, so yeah, that's 15. that's quite um, that's quite a difficult time for 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 kids and young people isn't it because you're sort of going from that period of being like a, a child to a young adult and there's lots of changes and lots of things going on around obviously you're starting to leave school you're then thinking about oh what's my next step am I going to go to college am I going to go to work um you're sort of learning about yourself a little bit that that must have been quite a difficult um experience for you as, as you're saying there because you're quite shy maybe a little bit timid to be almost thrust into those environments and and yeah it was mate it, it was um it was it was i don't want to say tough time because you, you're a young kid but i remember that it was sort of must have been may time or whatever going around to, i went to crystal palace fulham and charlton and didn't get anything there and i was thinking oh, like all my mates are now starting to get apprenticeships mm. like get jobs and doing getting on I'm thinking what am I going to do because I, honestly I don't know what I'm doing now yeah. am I going to do football <clears throat> and then I remember going to I think it was Southgate College and it was like a college team and I thought I don't want to do I don't want to like, if I'm going to college I want to get a like I said do plumbing or electrics yeah. I don't want to go to college and do football right um, and I was thinking I, like I say it was a really tough time mate I was thinking just what am I going to do? Well, yeah. Like, well, at the time, like you don't realise you've got, you've got years and years to, to make that decision. Yeah. But there and then, it, it was horrible. But as it turned out, I went up to Norwich. It was one of the last ones. I was thinking, well, if this doesn't work out, right. I'm just I'm just going to chuck it in. Well, not chuck it in because it hasn't really started, but I'm just going to focus elsewhere. Yeah. I went up to Norwich <clears> for a two-week trial. And, yeah, ended up staying up there for three years. And that's where it all sort of kick-started, mate. Right. There. So, so obviously, you you know, you 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 went through that process of going to different clubs. There was little bits of rejection, um, yeah. but you sort of, I guess, at, at that age, you don't really know it, but you was developing almost maybe like a second skin, you know, yeah. like oh, you know. So you can take that rejection and almost brush it off, and and then look for the next opportunity. Yeah, well, I, when I remember going to Norwich. And there's obviously, there's been kids who've been at Norwich all the way through up to youth team and in the youth team. So that's all they know. And they've right. just grown and grown and grown. And 
for me, within six months, I've gone from Sunday League to Arsenal to being rejected from Arsenal to being rejected from Fulham, Palace, Cholton, whoever. And yeah. like you say, I'd never even thought of it like that. <clears throat> I've probably developed thicker skin in those six months and grown up in those six months more than the other lads in, in the academy without yeah. realising. Yeah. And that's already put me one step ahead. So, so age, you it? sort of, you've used those negatives as a positive? Without, yeah, without yeah. even realising, right. without even realising. But, yeah, but that was, that was, <clears throat> you talk about tough times, that was a really tough time. Yeah. That was, because uh, I was, I was 15, because I, I was, uh, I was born in August. Right. It sounded like I just think when I was born then. I was born in August, I was a 15-year-old moving away from home. Yeah. And, oh, mate, uh, there was times where, uh, my digs lady said to her, she actually they're still in contact now with ring my mum she's like he's crying in his in his in his bed like he hates it he's so homesick right and it was it was tough man I remember every time I'd go home on a Sunday this is like the first couple of weeks yeah I'm, I'm not going back up there like ring him tell him I'm not going up there and it was only my old man going look if, if you don't want to go up there you're going to have to ring him yourself but right I was that much of a pussy that <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not doing it. You no. Can. Uh, in the end, obviously, I went back up there, but it, it was really yeah. tough times, mate. That was. So, so that that was going to be sort of that sort of led me on to the the next question, which was going to be dealing with um, being away from home at such a young age, and you know, you you're essentially being thrown into you know a, a men's uh, adult environment, at, at a you know a top end professional football club, and it's sort of you know. Everything that you've known, i.e., at home, your mum and dad around you, all your family, all your sort of creature comforts, the local area, all your mates, it's now like boff, off you go, up to Norwich, you've got to stand on your own two feet, you're in digs with a family that you don't know, in an area that you don't know, and you've got to sort of almost hit the ground running as a 15, 16 year old going into a professional environment. Exactly, mate, it's exactly that, and especially back then, there wasn't like your welfare officers as, as yeah. much as there is now. But, um, yeah, the, the biggest thing for me was obviously family and friends. Cause most lads in football, young lads, have, haven't really got outside friends, I've, I've never thought, because yeah. they've always been in the academy environment. So they were quite comfortable with each other, whereas I've got my mates <clears> back home. Who, yeah. Who I love outside of football, who are just, who I'd consider normal, like mm. 15, 16-year-old, <laughs> like, like going out for a drink. Yeah. Like, not going out for a bit because we're too young, but like drinking in the past or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just what you do as a kid. So, so that must have been quite. I don't want to say difficult, but you must have had um, like a real focus. To so not not saying your your friends are bad in any way, but obviously they're just sort of normal teenage lads doing what normal teenage lads do. But you're trying to pursue a career in football, so you've obviously you've got to be quite single minded. Uh, well, the biggest thing for me was being that far away. Right. I, I was like out of sight, out of mind. So yeah. especially back then there was no real Facebook, Twitter or anything. So I couldn't really see what they were doing right. of a weekend. So it was like I was in this environment and yeah. that was it. The the odd weekend I'd go home and catch up and we would do stuff they were doing and I was doing. But I yeah, once I was up there that was it, mate. Yeah. I was I had no no other way. It's not like I could drive back home. So I was in that environment. Um yeah, and it was it was 
it was, it was good, mate. A lovely place to be, and I was really lucky with my digs. Yeah, she was a lovely lady, lovely family, and, that, and eventually that made it so much easier. Yeah, so much easier. So, so when you was up there, just talk briefly about um, the goalkeepers that were there and, and the goalkeeper coach. Yeah, so that was goalie coach with James Holman, who I still speak to now. He's uh, he's at Newport, Newport, right? Yeah. Yeah, good yeah, guy, really yeah. good bloke. Uh, done a lot for me early doors there. Um, goalies, first team keeper was Robert Green, who was at the time <clears throat> just beginning his England international career. Um, second choice was Darren Ward, who's Sheffield United goalie coach now, yeah. I believe. And Paul Gallagher, he's a Scottish keeper. I yeah. think he's retired. Wait, well, he would have been retired now. Um, is he not? Then, I, th- I think he's Hearts goalie coach, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, I think so. I might, I might be wrong. Yeah, I might be wrong. Mate, what a guy he is! Right. Like Greeny was like <clears throat> really intense, and I don't want to say tough to get along with, but as a young lad coming in, like fresh faced and not knowing what he was like, he, he would tell you, yeah, like if you'd done something wrong, and it would be like fucking hell, really, like if, if a volley out of place or across. Um, but Gal, Paul Gallagher, mate, what, what a guy. Yeah. What a guy. The kind of, it's sort of someone who, <clears throat> when I've become an experienced pro, someone who I sort of wanted to base myself on. Who, right. Just because you're young doesn't mean you're, you're a dickhead or you should be treated any differently. Yeah. He would, he would take the time. How are you? What are you doing as a family? Stuff like that. So, so he had a little bit of sort of, bit of care and empathy for you. Yeah, yeah in this environment where I've been shoved in where I'm, to be honest I don't really know how it all works do I yeah. I'm still 15, 16 mm. um, and yeah it, it was it was a real learning curve and you had to learn quick otherwise you know what football's like yeah it was like you're done um, but yeah, it, it was a good group an intense group interesting yeah. you say that because I, I, you know we're sort of similar-ish ages and um, you know, I, I I look back to my time, albeit at a lower level with with Canvey Island, and there was no care or empathy whatsoever. You know, yeah. and that come from everyone there, and it was one of them environments, as you say, you sort of you either sink or swim, and yeah. sort of unfortunately for me and my playing career personally, I sunk. But I've actually taken the positives out of that because now as a as a goalkeeping coach. I use those experiences, those negative experiences that I had and have turned around into a positive. So, you know, what you're saying there essentially is that, you know, Paul Gallagher showed you that care, showed you that empathy. And and now as a senior professional, you're sort of looking to do the same type of thing with younger goalies. Yeah, mate, he probably didn't even realise he was doing it. That's probably just the way he was as a person. Yeah. But, But that was enough. Do you know what I mean? It was... That almost of acceptance, like oh, like, I am alright, I can do this. Yeah. Not everyone hates me because I've done something wrong. Yeah. So I, I would, especially back then, you go back in your digs and <clears> you'd <throat> over, like overthink things, and it was like you say, you didn't have people to talk to then, or nah. not everyone understood. But um, yeah, it, it was tough, but mate, it was it was it was amazing at the nah. same time. And when you're when you're in that environment, you just don't know how lucky you are yeah. sometimes. So so yeah. it's it's obviously been a, a good sort of a good footing for you um, to build from for the rest of your career. Um, just sort of coming away from Norwich, so am I right in saying you signed a year pro there? Yeah, so I've done my two two years YTS and then a year pro, okay. which I didn't think I'd get, to be honest, because right. uh, it was in front. I had Joe Lewis in front of me, who's yeah. an England international, yeah. the year in front. 
And then Declan Rudd and Jed Steer, two years below and a year below. And I was like, they were all international <laughs> England keepers. And then there was just me, fucking yeah. Joey, just in between. But they, they, they gave me a year, mate. And to be fair, with that year, if I'm deadly honest, I could have done more. Right. It was a, I was, what would I have been? 18, 18, 19. And by this time, I was living with Chris Martin. Right. Who was, he was the same age as me, but was in the same digs. But he was flying, mate, in the first team, um, playing, scoring. And I was just like, sort of, I don't know, cannon fodder for training. Yeah. But I'll go out a lot with him because right. he's getting the adulation of playing. Like, yeah, he's got yeah. nothing to worry about. I got sucked into this, like, foot, not football, because I was never like that, but like this environment of going out all the time. Right. And, I had, no, I had no game on a Saturday to worry about. It was yeah. just training. Right. But I'd be going out on a Tuesday on my Wednesday off, and then it turned out I'd be like, any sort of night out that we'd go on. You'd be there. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> looking back now, I should have should have gone out alone, should have got my head down. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. And okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that... that... Sorry, mate. That's that's interesting because we've we've been going for about twenty minutes now, and we, we've spoke a lot about Norwich, and there is a lot to get through. So, just sort of moving away from Norwich. Yeah. Obviously, you've got the disappointment of of being sort of released. Um, you you know you just said there, you know you you probably didn't do enough um, within the, the the previous year to warrant getting your contract renewed. Um, yeah. Attitude may have not been. I'm not. Maybe not attitude. Maybe the focus wasn't there. Yeah. Um, so I've never been the type of, like attitude. Right? No. Like you say, the focus. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So your next move, and this is this is when we first sort of got to know each other a little bit, was yeah. when when you went to Grays. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So left there, left Norwich, and then bang, it was like you're down from there yeah. in this environment to. Yeah. I I, I had no idea, mate. I, I probably never at the time even heard who Greys were. Right, yeah. Um, and that's just me being in that environment. Yeah. But they were offering half decent money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, signed there. I think I signed, I signed a year and I went, <laughs> I went for the medical. And that was like, I remember driving up to the ground. I couldn't see it. I was like, where the fuck is the ground? Like, <laughs> and then... All of a sudden, it's both point is there. Yeah, it's like literally in houses in between. It's got it's got them, or it did have. I'm, I'm not even. I think it's been knocked down now, but it had the it the flats over the pitch, so the the changing rooms were below these flats. <laughs> yeah, the changing rooms were in the flats. It was yeah. amazing. It was, it was nuts. <laughs> so I had my medical. I had a medical. I thought oh, it must be an alright. I'm having a medical. It must be. So it started. I went in there. And the physio was this big guy, Dicky. He's massive. <laughs> I just remember it. He was like, right, drop your trousers down. I was like, what? And he was like, yep, yeah, drop your trousers down on your boxes. Put his hand there. He was like, cough. I was like, <coughs> done that. He was like, right, lay on your front. This bit like, might need to get cut out. <laughs> like, this, is, this is nuts. So I just want to check it in there. And he was like, yeah, I've just got to check your, your prostrate. And he put these gloves on and went, Bang, straight in. I was like, oh my God. Right. <laughs> Welcome to non league. I've got to be honest, I wasn't expecting this story. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Mate, when, you thought, when you said it earlier about Grays, I was like, well, what happened there? I was like, that happened. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Grays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least my prostrate was all right. Yeah. Right? 
Um, but yeah, that was an eye opener going there, mate. It was right. the first day training. It was like, where was it? Thurrock? Okay. This big, massive open park. Yeah. And there was people on horses, like going through our training session. There was a, what do you call it, a motocross bike going along. And it's like, wow. Like, so uh, you, you've gone from Norwich's training ground. Yeah. And and I, I've only, crikey, I, I must have, last time I was there was when I was about 15. So it probably yeah. was around about the same time that you was there. And it was absolutely gorgeous. Out in the sort of the countryside, manicured pitches, lovely yeah. changing rooms, gym, you name it, it had it. And then you're going, dropping down to the National League, uh, yeah. which, you know, is obviously like Division 5 of the professional game in England, um, to uh, sort of... I. I Grace were full-time at the time, wasn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So they were full-time, but they were basically training over Dogshit Park. Literally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where I trained Sunday League was 10 times better. It was nuts. <laughs> right. Was, even little things like the kit, it would be like, bring your own kit. And we'd, I'd be training in like Norwich kit, because that's all I had for for the best part of six weeks. Yeah. Six weeks until the kit arrives. Like, right. What is all this about? And, um, but it was... An eye opener, mate, yeah. and, it, and it gave me a little drive thinking that I don't want to be here. Like I really don't. And the only way I'm going to get out of this yeah. is if if I pull my finger out and start yeah. start like realizing what I've got to do. So so there again, you you've used like um, almost like a negative situation, which was obviously being released from Norwich. You're now yeah. training at, at you know Grays or in the National League, so. Um, you know, full time in a in a full time environment, but obviously facilities wise and all the rest of it, not what you're used to. And you're saying, right, I've got to spin this on its head. I've got to turn this into a positive. Get my head down, work hard, get in the team because you know yeah. that that that's an important part of it. If you're not playing, you're oh, not going anywhere. And then try and get yourself and move back into the football league. No, massively. It was it was it was a real. A real tough one there because it's not like I walked into the team. There's some big characters. They were going for it that year. They wanted to get promoted, so there's some real, real big characters. The other keeper was Ross Flitney. Okay. Somehow related to me. Um, but hang on. So I, 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 let's just track back on that. I remember you telling me this back in the day. So Flitz is related to you. Did you yeah. know it at the time when you went in there? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's my auntie's. <laughs> He's my uncle. Right. His partner have been together years. It's his cousin. Right. So like, when I signed there, it was a bit like, oh, like Ross is there, and I've never met him. And once right. I met him, like, he's a sound geezer. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's a bit awkward. Like, yeah. He's in the team. I want to be in the team. And yeah, we saw <clears throat> that season. We sort of shared the games. I think I ended up playing twenty odd games. Yeah. Uh, which which ain't the worst for a young lad coming through. No. Um, but it put me in good stead. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a real, like I said, it was, I just didn't want to be there, so no. I knew what I had to do. To so, j- just talk to me about your your mindset at the time. Like, how did you, um, a couple of questions, how did you flip yourself from, you know, maybe a lot, well, I've seen it myself, a lot of lads that come down from the higher levels down to sort of League One, League Two, National League, they feel sorry for themselves and it takes them a little bit of time to adjust to the environment and the surroundings that they're in. So you've obviously got your head around that. How did you find it going into sort of that first team football environment where winning and three points are the be all and end all? Well, mate, 
this was the biggest one for me. It was the first game. It was I'm sure it's the the first game of the season, and I've, I've started. I've, I've got myself in, um, and I remember before the game, just looking around, and we had Jamie Stewart, who's centre half. He was yeah. mad, and he was just he was there in the change room doing press ups. Right. Before, like, thinking, what, what is he? and he's like be there like smashing his hand against his head and he'd be taking pro plus I've never seen them before but they're like caffeine tablets like they were smarties yeah and I was like wow I couldn't believe the intensity to be fair although I've been at Norwich and seen what it's like before but it's always calm but this was like this was something else right and like the the, in the first five minutes the ball's come back to me and he's, he's called for the ball Jamie Stewart right and um I'll just give it to him, not knowing that there's a player right behind him. Like, he's lost the ball, the player's come in and scored. Half-time, mate, I literally got it from everyone. <laughs> literally from him, from the manager, from the boys. And I thought, like, bearing in mind, mate, I've been just used to youth team games. So yeah. like, I was like, wow, this is proper. Like, I don't want to do this again. And yeah. then, like, I think it was someone like Streb's, do you remember Ben yeah. Evans? He yeah. talked to me, he was like, Steve, like, this this is proper football now. Like if we don't win, people don't get their bonuses. Yeah, and like, fuck it. that's a whole different load of course it is, yeah. now because it's um potentially losing people's mortgages and, and yeah. stuff like that. So that's when the realization hit, and lucky enough, it hit early doors. Yeah, where right, I've I've got to be on this now, not just for myself wanting to get away, but for for the boys doing well. So so, so I guess also. Also, you've got. Sorry to cut in there. Uh, you, yeah, I guess you've got the pressure of a crowd being there as well, because oh, yeah. you know if if you're yeah. playing for Norwich's youth team in front of a, you know a man and his dog with the greatest respect at the training ground, you're now you know at Grays, and I think at the time they were probably getting about eighteen, nineteen hundred. You know, yeah. you're going away to some pretty big clubs in the league. How did you deal with that? Like you say, mate, it was totally out of my comfort zone really I, I remember going to Ebbsfleet um, and th- the time they were big rivals weren't they Graves and Ebbs- um, yeah. Ebbsfleet and the abuse I was getting like to me to my family it was like, oh. like <laughs> exactly that question how do you deal with it yeah. how, do you, how do you not let it affect you but <clears throat> you just do you just you just get on with it and then, and to be fair that season in the end I just I learned to to like literally take it and not chuck it back, but have a little bit of fun, have a yeah. little bit of reaction room. Because they're saying these things, but you meet them in the street, they'll never say them. No, so that's, that's the amazing like, part about that, isn't it? could be even like chucking a thumb up or just turning around and getting a goal kick and just yeah. saying something like, just that they, they would like. Because I think they like that interaction deep down. But yeah, I mean, yeah. the first couple of games was, <laughs> was really hard, mate. Really right. Hard. Okay, so, so that is, <clears throat> excuse me, that's your introduction to sort of men's football. Um, you then go to um, Eastleigh for a, a brief spell and then you find yourself back in the Football League with, with Wickham how, yeah. how, how did that come about? So my last game of Grays <clears throat> literally I'd done my knee ligaments um, so that was me done and right. obviously they, ain't got, they didn't have insurance it turned out so I had to fund getting this operation all myself so I was at the game for the best part of like a year right but lucky up like um I end up going to I ended up going to Eastley somehow. I can't remember how, but just playing a couple mm-hmm. of games and that sort of got my name back about a bit. Yeah. 
Um, and then I went to Brentford for a little six-week six trial. Um, and it was there. Nicky Ball was there. Do you remember Nicky Ball? Yeah, yeah. First yeah. keeper there. Um, and I didn't get anything at Brentford, but his <clears throat> old manager was Gary Waddock. Okay. Um, and he said to Gary Waddock, he was like, look, just have a look at this lad. I think he's got something there. He's he's a decent size. He's He can... He can he can do more or less everything, but he's a bit rough. He needs a bit of a bit of loving, really. Yeah. Like have a look at him. So I went there for about a two or three week trial, mate. They were in League One, I think. Um, and I remember they were playing teams like Leeds and Sheffield Wednesday were in League One, and it's like, oh, this is proper again. Like, yeah. If I if I can sign here, then it gives me a chance of being where I want to be. Yeah having that setback at Grays with my injury and yeah it, it turned out that they wanted to sign me after the trial and I was there for the best part of two and a half years mate and that's, that's incredible that, that's really where like the the learning started of what you've got to do to be a, a professional footballer to a level yeah and what you need to do because before it sort of, I thought it just sort of just sort of happened but here it was like everything the hard work off the training ground, hard work off the training ground. Yeah. So, so what I find really fascinating uh, about that part of your story is I didn't know that about y- your injury. There, it just shows what my research is like. But for for me, you've had a year out. Um, you're dealing with you know the injury, the setback. You've probably got a lot of time on your hands. You're not in a yeah. in with a club. You're not in a full time environment. You've got to pay for um, the operation yourself. Yeah. Um, so you know, you must have had to really dig quite deep mentally to 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 get yourself through that, and and see in the future what you wanted and stay focused on that. Yeah, because obviously you said earlier about what we we're talking about, and I was trying to remember like how I felt in them times. I just obviously then I didn't have a, you don't have a mortgage. I was a young lad. Yeah. But I just, I just remember looking, like I said before looking at my mates and they've all got these jobs and getting to a level where they're earning half decent money. I'm like I'm living off the like the back of my mum and dad here. It's like if I want to go out the weekend I've got to ask for like 30, 40 quid. But I was like I can't do anything else. Like, yeah. I, I've, I've, at the time I was thinking I've invested two or three years into this. I, I don't want to just throw it away now. Especially with how, like, how much you put in mentally. Yeah. Because it, like, I thought I don't want to just chuck that away. So I just thought stay at it. Right. I'll get myself fit. We'll do what I've got to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really the Brentford thing really helped me um, get by. They they rehabilitated me, um, and it was a, just a it was luck and timing, mate. Bully Nicky Ball being there, mm. and him having the off chance that he knows. The wicked manager because you think if that didn't happen, no, nah. Brentford didn't sign me, then that could have been it, really. So it's weird how all things work. So, so I mean, obviously, later on in your story, we our, our paths crossed at, at Gillingham, um, yeah, and we had many conversations about you know the universe and um, you know. Yeah frequencies and and fate and how these things work and and all those those things which I'd I'd like to touch on in in a little while but obviously yeah. you know as you just said there if if these things if the stars wouldn't have aligned for you if Nicky Ball wouldn't have been there and blah 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 and he didn't know Gary Waddock you know you wouldn't have got the opportunity at Wickham 
But if you strip it back, so I just want to sort of go back to the, the, the time when you was out of the game, you had the sort of inner self-belief and determination to keep going. Yeah, well, I think, I, I think it was more my parents behind me saying, look, you either, you either stop it now, yeah. come out of it, you get your knees sorted and stay out of it, or you focus, yeah. put everything into it at the yeah. time, and get yourself back there and have another chance at it. Yeah. Um, which I did. Um, but it, it, it was tough, mate. It's tough training yeah. on your own, like doing goalkeeping stuff on your own. Obviously, I, I didn't have the contacts that I have now where no. I, could, I could ring you and say, Jono, can we go and do it? I was down the park on my own, mate, literally right. day in, day out. Because um, I had nothing else to do. No. But I knew, I knew it, me putting this in now, it will benefit me in the future, and it, and it did, mate, and it did. Um, so, do you do you do you now, as a you know full time professional goalkeeper, um, playing at sort of League One level, do you do any sort of visualization, or did you do any visualization in the past? I, where was I when I first started that? I think I think it was at Wickham, mate. Um, literally, it, I was injured again. Then mm. I, I'd broken my foot. <clears throat> And I couldn't really train. And I remember seeing something about a skier. He couldn't train, but he, he would visualise himself going down the mountain over the moguls. And literally, he would do that day in, day out for competition, this big competition he had. Yeah. Because he couldn't train, but he was fit enough to play the competition. He ended up winning the competition. And I thought, there's got to be something in there. So I'm not saying to that degree where every day I'll do it, but I'll yeah. take 10 minutes out and just sit there and just be like me doing my best saves or me yeah. distributing my best kicks and stuff like that. And I think there's such a such a massive thing for, for the game for that, like yeah. where it's completely overlooked. Yeah, no, totally agree. <clears throat> I remember um, it was David James, who played Bournemouth at Stevenage, <clears throat> looking down at him warming up. He's warming up on his own. He's playing the game. The number two goalie, the goalie coach, doing volleys or whatever. David James was on the other side, just like doing that, throwing the ball back to no one, just catching an imaginary ball and yeah. doing imaginary dives. So I was like, whoa! Mm. Like, that's obviously taking it to the extreme. But yeah. visualization, yeah, it's massive, man. Massive. Right. No, that, listen, that's interesting, and, and as I said, that's something that I, I, I want to sort of maybe, if we get time, touch on later because I think it's such a, uh, an important part, and as yeah. you say, overlooked. Um, part of goalkeeping so obviously you're at Wickham um, just looking at my notes here you will you go on loan to Hazen Yedin in the, in the National League South yeah that, that was unbelievable so, so thir- uh, what was two, it 30 yeah 31 games yeah two and a half years at Wickham didn't play a game but right. I loved it mate yeah um, Martin Brennan was a goalie coach um, really really good for me at the time really good yeah. I still speak to him now good guy really good guy but yeah, I think, I can't remember, it was maybe my second season. Um, first season, sat on the bench and they got promoted back to League One. It was quality. Yeah. What, what a team to be involved in. And then second season, I was like, right, you're 20, 21 now. So I can get some game time. Hayes yeah. and Yedin, they're in the conference. Um, literally. Oh, they were National League, were they? Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Time. So it's a, a, a step up from from National League South. So that's you're then playing a, against a, a well, basically full time teams week in week out. Yeah, we. I think at the time we were the only part time team. Right. So I was training with Wickham. Yeah. 
um, but I was, I, I was, they were using me and I was using them. Yeah. I loved them. I loved the fans. I loved everyone there. Right. We, we, we was expected to do nothing. Yeah. Like, and we were, we, it was, we was cannon for that every week. And it, for me, mate, it was not, it was brilliant. I was getting worked like, like five, six, seven saves a game. Like would come out maybe losing one nil, two nil. And that was a good result. But yeah. I was getting absolutely worked. So really you, you was getting the best of both because you're training in a, a, a full-time environment at a League One club. Yeah. And then you're getting your game time, for which was probably relative to what you were at that time in terms of age and experience. You're yeah. playing in the National League. You're playing 31 times. You're getting worked every week. I mean, that, that, that really, that's exactly what every young goalkeeper, you know, needs. Oh, it was. It was class, mate, and... It was. It, I got a, a bit of adulation there as well. The fans loved me. I, I got playing with the seat. I played thirty-one games. I broke my foot and I missed fourteen, fifteen games. Right. But I got playing the season, mate. We got relegated that year. I, yeah. I think we only just got relegated. But it was. It was having the adulation, having like the the acceptance of the fans and the manager, even the players. Yeah. It was the first time really that had happened, and that that sort of spurred me on to to believe in that. Actually, I might have a half-decent career in the game. So you always questioned yourself. Yeah, so at the end of that season, (laughs) obviously, from from what where you started off at the start of the season to where you ended, you're a completely different goalkeeper, aren't you, really? Because you've got 31 games that actually mean something week in, week out. And just touching on something that you said earlier, when when you went into sort of the, the environment at Wickham, I'm a big believer, and I've seen it over the years. The ones that um, are professional normally kick on. The ones that are full-time don't. And, and, and what I mean by that is that you can be a full-time footballer, but that, you just train every day. You don't need yeah. to be a full-time footballer to be a professional. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, that's, mate, you see so many lads... Um, Despite, uh, look, with a goalkeeper, I think you've got to have that work ethic. You've mm. you've got to want to be the best you can be. Yeah. Like with outfield players, I've seen so many really good outfield players just fall away. They might have a good season or yeah. good half a season, and the amount, then they just drift away into into never never land. Mate. Yeah. I think Coy oh, was unbelievable. Yeah. Why is he gone? And it's because it's because they don't work hard no. enough, Jono. Um, and that's that's the biggest thing I learned. From being there, I, mate. Just I remember, I was getting in the first couple of weeks. I was there. I was getting in about five minutes before we had to be in. Say we had to be in at nine o'clock. I'd get in five minutes before. Yeah. And I was thinking I was early, mate. I was like, well, no, I'm five minutes early. I'm, yeah. I'm not late. And it was Chris Woods. He was old centre half there, and he was like, look, Stevie. He goes, if if you want to do something with your career, he was like, you've got to get in early. You've got to be like seem to be working. Like, yeah. You've got to get your stuff ready. Mate, ever since that always stayed with me, and ever since that point, mate, I'd get in an hour before. Yeah. That meant me leaving an hour and a half earlier, but it gave me that time to get prepared to get some work in. And I think people would pick up on that, or they especially did there. And yeah. Thought, no, this, this lad's serious about it, so that's always stuck with me, man. It's interesting you say that because you know I, I remember just you know looking back at our time together at Gillingham, the four of you that were there were all in that mindset you know yeah. it was almost like a competition every morning to see who would be in first you yeah, know yeah, so you've, yeah. you've got it's like subconsciously got, got, got yourself thinking, 
Something else is in it. Yeah, exactly. Thomas has beat me in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, not not think, not thinking too much of it, but you're like, I want to be the first one in. Right. Yeah, but I, right. I think as as goalkeepers, that is the mentality, isn't it? Like, yeah. we want to be the best. Like, so yeah. the competition is there. So, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't matter who it is. I need to do more than them. Well, I think there's so much responsibility going back on to what I said earlier. So much responsibility and pressure on us as goalies. You want to think, you want to be like, well, when my time does come, when I do play, I want to know that I've done everything I can do yeah. to to give me the best chance <clears throat> of playing a, a great match or yeah. not making a mistake. So that, I think that's half of it as well. Yeah. Okay. So. Um... Just moving on from Hayes and Yedin, obviously you've got, you know, 31 appearances under your belt there. Week in, week out of, you know, football, first team level, everything that goes with it. You've then gone to Stevenage in League Two, is that right? Yeah, no, League One. League One, okay. Again, I've got to do a little bit more on my, on my research. Hey, hey, I'm surprised you even found that out about me, mate. It's unbelievable research, to be fair. So... But, um... Thanks, yeah. so I appreciate you saying that. Um, so then, yes, yeah, so you've gone to Stevenage in League One, um, yeah. where you've played 31 games over the two years that you're there. H- how was that time there at Stevenage? Quality, man. So um, I'm from Hertfordshire, Stevenage obviously in Hertfordshire. It was like, I loved it. I was, right. I, was, I was living at home at Wickham, but at Stevenage I didn't have to travel. I had to travel 10 minutes to training. Um, it was on my doorstep. I could do all the extras I wanted. Um it was just it was a really good time, especially that first season was a really good time. Um I signed primarily as a number two, which is fair enough. I was thinking I had thirty odd games last year, but I'll back myself to, to do something. Yeah. Um Chris Day was the number one, like mainstay. Fans loved him and he is a really good guy, really good guy. Um but I wanted to be playing. Um and it, I, I managed to get in the team in that first season around I can't remember, around October time maybe. And yeah. Yeah, I, I was back playing at this time League One level um, and it was amazing. Loved yeah. it, mate. Loved it. Playing against like some big, playing against like Sheffield United and, and big teams like that and going to like, massive stadiums, Portsmouth. It was just, it, it was really, really an amazing time, mate. Um, right. And we was, I think we, I can't remember, I think we managed just to stay up that year, which they got promoted the year before. So, yeah. which really, we, to be fair, we was up there, we was in the playoff places, but we sort of dropped down. So we sort of became victims of our own success, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, the, the, the manager got the sack towards the end of the season. Um, and that's when my sort of luck changed at the club. Right. When the new manager came in. Right. Who, who was the new manager? Graham Wesley. Okay, right. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I hear a lot of uh, interesting and <laughs> wonderful stories about Graham Wesley. Look, um, yeah, so I, I, I never never worked with him, but when the manager got the sack and he was like rumoured to be coming in, I heard a few of the stories of what he had been like previously. Yeah. And to be honest, mate, I, I was shitting my... Oh, sorry for swear. I was shitting <laughs> I was really thinking, no, because his goalie when he was there was Chris Day. Yeah. Well, like, on the back of myself, I'm yeah. playing, like, just hope I get a fair crack at it yeah. when he comes in. Um, 
I didn't like he he came in pulled me in the office this was still in that first season we had like six games to go yeah um, pulled me in the office with me and Daisy the other goalie and was like look I'm giving the number one back to Daisy this bearing in mind he hadn't seen me train hadn't seen me like play under him I want to give it back to Daisy um, he's got the number one shirt now to the end of the season right. I looked at him, weird him bringing both of us in. I looked at him, I was like, so no matter what I do in training, <clears throat> what Daisy does in the game, like, I won't get back in the team. And he was like, no. I was like, cool. Okay. <laughs> well, this is a bit awkward, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it, like, it was that, like, that word answer, no. I was like, okay, so that's it then. Fair enough. And, and to be fair, from that point, like, you start, like, just question yourself again and thinking am I not that good or like, why doesn't he like me because I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not a bad egg around the place I like to consider myself like as I was a good guy and yeah yeah it was just really off-putting mate but that's that coincided with a bad injury at the time in my knee um the following season and yeah I never really played for him mate in that right. next season second season um after having such a good season like there was obviously I was a 22 year old 21 year old playing in league one you're starting to get links I was yeah. like big teams again I was like, oh, finally like I'm going to get my big chance here and then bang but him came in taking it away right. not him taking it yeah. but essentially so it, it, it's it's interesting when you you know earlier you spoke about the sort of the almost good luck with the things that align to, to get you, yeah. you you know, you move to, to Wickham. And then now you're sort of on the, maybe the receiving end of it a little bit in terms of you've done really well. You've earned an opportunity to go to Stevenage. You know, you've done well in the in the games. You're getting on a bit of a, a run of games as well. Getting a bit of a yeah. name for yourself, a bit of interest. Manager goes, new manager comes in and then just says straight away, bang, you're not for me. For whatever reason, whether it's age, whether, you know, obviously it worked with um, Daisy before. Yeah. How, how do you deal with that? How do you get your, your mind around that? I didn't really, mate, if I'm being honest. Right. I, I really didn't. I, um, I, had a, I had a chronic knee injury, um, tendonitis in my patella tendon. Right. The following season. Because he would run you. you. You've heard all the stories. Yeah. Like, Oh, no, I don't want to say a bad word about him, but it ran me to the point of exhaustion. Like, and I, my body couldn't deal with it. I was six foot five. Yeah, you're not like, built. You're not built I'm for, no. for what? Um, what was the relationship with the goalie coach at the time? Was 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 he was he a help to you? I'm trying to was think, it? mate, because we had Gary Phillips in the first season, right. who I worked with at Graves. Yeah, what a guy. Yeah, what a good guy. Um, but he obviously went when the manager got sacked. And I don't think Wesley, I can't, no, we had Jason, we had Jason, good life, good life. Right, so, so people, for people that don't know, um, Goody is um, assistant manager at Sutton United, um, was was a central defender um, for, for Sutton and Stevenage. Um, when they were in the oh and AFC Wimbledon, when when they were sort of non-league, and he's the first team coach slash assistant manager, never been a goalkeeper, and now he's your goalie coach. Yeah, so he, that's why he was his first team coach or whatever. But he was essentially our goalie coach. He would come in and do volleys or whatever. He didn't want to do it, but 
get there's some way to get them was he was like go go to them and, and, right. and sort them out for that's a, that, that's like quite that. a strange situation to be in yeah, isn't it it was almost it felt like he was attacking like sort of non-league like obviously no disrespect to Goody no but he's, he, doesn't, it, he doesn't know what he's doing listen he's a fantastic coach oh, and fantastic yeah. assistant manager but he's not a goalkeeper coach he's, he's not a goalie coach and he'll no. say that himself he, he didn't want to be right him. but um, so yeah it's just a bit like uh, it was awkward mate it was really awkward because Daisy was obviously playing and he was like 35 at the time and yeah. he, he was content you're playing isn't yeah. whereas I'm I'm carrying this injury um, with my knee not being able to really do a lot and it was, it was a horrible time mate and to be honest you say about how did you deal with it I didn't really mate. Right. I, um, so, I remember I was going out a lot then as well like, really I was obviously back home yeah not like not like Phil Mitchell like, on the ground <laughs> I was going out with my pals quite a lot, yeah and that, I suppose that was me dealing with it I, yeah I was going to say that I guess that's your sort of your release from the disappointments of, of the situation that you find yourself in yeah um, yeah, and it really was, mate. So, so already in a, in a short space of time, I mean, we're we're looking there really, sort of, what's that? Four, five, six, seven year career from being a YT to you know where you are. You've dropped out of the football league. You've worked your way back in. You're now starting to establish yourself. You're at Stevenage. You've done well. The manager goes. New manager comes in, and now you're sort of out the picture a little bit. With the greatest respect, you've got a central ex central defender as your goalie coach, and, yeah. and you're not playing football, so you can sort of understand why you might have gone off the rails a little bit there. Yeah. Just moving on from Stevenage, because I might have to stop this in a minute because my battery's on ten percent. I'm going to have to turn sure. the mic off and then put the um, <laughs> put the charger in. So th- this is these are all the teething problems um, that exactly. that we're going to get. I might have to cut all this out, but I don't even know if I'm that. Um, savvy to, to or tech, techie I should say to deal with it if you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe leave us a review and follow us on social media to help spread the word of Ministry of Goalkeeping podcast